Get your honey, break out the hat, it's Crystal Castles on the Atari ST Show. Hi everybody, welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Crystal Castles. Ooh. But before we get into Crystal Castles, Aaron, uh, we need to give a shout out to ST Show Game Selection Committee member Dave Velociraptor. David V, yes. fresh off his big video appearance on This Week in Red. That's right, that's right. Now, Aaron, have you ever been in a Crystal Castle? <sighs> no. No, I've never because really, let's face it, you'd be something like ice, mm -hmm. and I'd never, I would never go anywhere that would have that much ice on hand. Did you ever watch happen. Adventure Time? Nope. Okay. Do you know what that is? Nope. Okay. Is that a that crudely drawn cartoon? Yes. Yes, I do know that. Okay. Well, they, there's a there's a king called the Ice King. Yeah. Yeah, I think he lives in a crystal castle. Okay. Well, that's a long way to go for that, wasn't it? It was. Is that the show where the kids got the dumb hat? Yep. Yeah, and the remember dog. When, remember when Christian dressed up as him? Like, yeah. Twenty seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, Aaron, um, this was always a game that I saw advertised in the Atari catalog. My dad would order these catalogs, and every year I'll be able to pick out one game for the Atari 8-bit. Yeah. Okay. And it was never this one. And it was never this one. But I'll because here's the thing. When you, you know what kind of decision you're making, and you're like, boy, this could be really cool, or it could be real, real lame. Because yeah. all you've got to go on is the title. And I was like, I'd prefer it just to remain cool in my mind. Did you did you never see this particular title in the arcade? Never. Never. In oh, fact, man. I didn't. I never. Did, was it around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was around. It was all over. This, I mean, this was one of those surprise hits to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, but, uh, and we know people that have them locally. Really? Yeah. In fact, you were at that. Uh, one Wade? Of the, yeah, Wade had one had. That one traveled around. Uh, there's been, there was, it was years where Crystal Castle has floated between collectors here. Everyone was trying to get their money back, 250 bucks. I remember that for years. <laughs> they were begging people to take it. And I take that, one right now for 250 bucks. I've had that thing that. forced on me. You could probably get it because it's not a game that really maintained its, uh, uh, collectability mm -hmm. that much, which we'll get into why. Uh, but, uh, it's what I've seen. There's a, like I said, it's a mint one floating around town. So mm -hmm. if you want one, you could probably get in on it, but, well, this game, let's talk about the ST version. All right. About the so this game was released for the Atari ST in the year of our Lord, 1986. So this is one of the really early releases for the old ST. In fact, yeah. uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of stuff, right? Unlike the Amiga, which was incredibly slow out of the gate in terms of quality releases, the Atari ST was bang, bang, bang. There was yeah. a lot of stuff going on. So uh, it was ported from the arcade version by the team of Andromeda Software. Have yeah. you heard of Andromeda before? Just this game. I don't know what else they would have done. They were active between 1983 and 1992. Oh, so an incredibly okay. long time. Uh, well, they, I don't know about that. Nine years? Well, I mean... In for, video game. In video yeah, game years, that's a long right, time. Yeah. So uh, they were behind uh, titles for the ST, including ports of International Karate. Oh, man. Karateka. Yeah. Hacker and Hacker 2, yeah. the arcade ports of Battlezone, Robotron 2084, Millipede, and Moon Patrol. Okay. Man, that's some good titles yeah. in so there. I guys, played Hacker. I played a lot of those. They're worth checking out. They yeah. did a lot of good stuff. I would say that these guys are high in demand. Yeah. Um, they were a British affair. Uh, they're they're probably most famous for introducing the first port of Tetris to the Western world, Aaron, huh. in 1988. No, that's okay. interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, according to what I read on Moby, uh, they actually sold it to Tengen without a license, 
And that's what brought about all of the legal quandaries. Really? You know? yeah. So were, they sold their version. That's what Tetris right. really They're they like, listen, we've got the license for Tetris, and they're like, we don't really have the license. Yeah. And uh, and that that's that's how no it all happened. Kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. So pretty cool. Now let's talk about the story of Crystal Castles. You know, I've never really been up on the story. I'm actually, <laughs> You're not up on the lore. No, I'm not. I was I'm unversed. <laughs> Did in you the read lore the novella of, of Bentley Bear? <laughs> I didn't know his name. I got that going for me. So in Crystal Castles, you play as a character called Bentley Bear, as you said, and you're following in the grand tradition of literally, literally named mascots. You got Monty the Mole, you got Wacky the Seahorse, you got Bentley the Bear. How okay? does Wacky the Seahorse fit in? Yeah, I'm not sure that. Also, he's I've never heard of that. <laughs> so, also, that's not literative. Now, what Bentley is doing in Crystal Castles, uh, how he found himself there, never fully explained in the instructions. <laughs> Sorry. I'm still getting over the seal. <laughs> go ahead. It's never, so the instructions have no backstory. There's no backstory. Oh, that sucks. It's not wondering. like it's not like Bentley emerged from. I could write a backstory for this game in 2.5 seconds. Okay, let's hear. Bentley one. the bear emerged from the magical forest in search of getting the magical elixir to cure his ailing bear mother. <laughs> That's it. He has to defeat the evil Lupidla, the witch, yeah. and retain the elixir. To do so, he must traverse the 128 levels of Crystal Castles, retrieve the elixir, and return to the magical forest to give the elixir to his ailing bear relative. And the point of the gems? The gems? Well, he's got to get rich along the way. <laughs> Everybody got to get paid. So, okay. Wow. So Bentley's a pretty straightforward bear then. He is. He's got two goals. Get rich, say, get elixir. That's, That's what he's right. got. I That's got right. It. So all you know officially is that, <laughs> is, is that you're Bentley. It's your job to explore the Crystal Castles. <laughs> yeah. Collect all matter of jewels. Jewels, Aaron. Yeah. Do you own any precious stones? Are you kidding me? I've got uh, I've got their third album. I don't know if that means anything to you, but yeah, no. Otherwise, no. Mm -hmm. So, just like the Rolling Stones, Aaron, Bentley is after some hot rocks. Yeah. And in addition, Bentley is after what, what all bears are after, human flesh. Oh, honey, oh, honey. Honey, honey. That's, I read that wrong in my notes. We're so, going back to bear baiting. So, as, as Bentley, you run around, you collect your jewels and your honey. Yeah. You evade the monsters, which the docs describe as gem guardians. Yeah. Okay. They eat them sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. And you, you've got, th these are the gem guardians. Okay, yeah. get ready. Yeah. you got the evilest gem guardian, the crystal ball. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, because crystal is also a gem. Remember that song? Crystal I was thinking more about Jim. Oh man, yeah, we did both. Did you ever watch that cartoon? I did. I, mean, I did a little. I did. I did a lot. She was kind of cute. Yeah. You, know? uh, you got nasty trees. Yeah. They're officially named nasty trees. That's their name. <laughs> yeah. Nasty trees. Eh? <laughs> you got gym eaters. That's what it says on it the tin. Seems, that's that's the part of this that puzzles me. <laughs> if you if you're the gym guardians, it seems like the guardian would put in front of your gyms as the gym eaters. <laughs> yeah, you're not. How wrong. are they guarding them with their intestine? You're, you're not. I mean, what? No, just seriously, that seems strange to me. That's the part I didn't understand. Behold my Patrick Duffy leg and my magic intestine. Yeah, yeah, weird. You got your you know, and and this is where they ran out of good ideas in uh -huh. the docs because they did they swarms of bees, yeah, ghost, and something just called skeleton. I like I like the fact that there's a ghost and a skeleton. Like, what kind of forest is Bentley Bear living? What's going on here? Yeah, the bees make sense because the honey, though. That's true. That's true. But the ghost, why is there? Well, I guess it's a castle, so you got to have a ghost. I don't know. The skeleton fell out of an old suit of armor. Are these Bam. really? Is this really a castle? 
I mean, there's. You're would stretching you live the definition in that? here. Live yeah, that. yeah. Where do you go to the bathroom? That's where the you go to behind it. Oh, yeah. okay. That's the part. It's like the dark side of the castle. Yeah, it's never that's never seen right. by human size. So, okay. So, Aaron, uh, scariest of all the bad guys is the witch Bertilda. Yeah. What do you think about? You know, you never hear about people being named Bertha except yeah. for over there in Jefferson. Yeah, um, that's true. But uh, but no, and I don't know if that was based on a real person or not. It's so you don't hear the name Birth Tilda very often. Yeah, Birth Tilda even more rare. I've never even heard that before. It's yeah. not a typo. That's the name Birthilda. Birthilda. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if the H is silent or not. It might be like you know in England they say herb when they're yeah. talking about herbs. I don't know. So it could go either way. We'll have to ask the chat. Is it Birth Tilda or is it Bertilda? Anyway, she sports a steam cauldron, Aaron. Yeah. And she wants to mix up some Bentley Bear stew. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So eating. you got your work cut out for you. Yeah. But lucky for Bentley and lucky for you. In a scene right out of Tolkien, Bentley stumbles upon a magic hat that yeah. grants him the powers of invincibility and death and destruction. The Bertilda. I've, I've, I've named her now Brunhilda later on. I think, I, may, I think when I was typing this up, I'm not sure what her name is at this point. <laughs> Nice work. Yeah. Once again, your, your research is un, it's impeccable. So anyway, Bentley wears this hat around and it makes him invincible. It also gives him the powers to destroy the witch. For like two seconds. What do you think of Bentley Bear as a mascot? Well, I listen, we've seen worse, that's for sure. Uh, I think he's fine. And actually, the ST version, he looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they did a good job. He looks more... Teddy bear like, like that he does in the arcade. I, I agree with you. I think that the drawing of the the Bentley Sprite himself is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he does not look cool when he's wearing the hat, though. No. The hat does <laughs> it's not a good fit. For yeah, Bentley. yeah. The hat goes directly yeah. over his head, including like his face. It's exciting. The first time I put that on, I was like, what is this? <laughs> it is an odd look for Bentley. So I'm assuming they some whoever drew the hat missized it with Bentley's head. Yeah, yeah. That was lost in the port somewhere. Or maybe that's just a comedy thing. Maybe you know, so. Bentley just it is around. funny. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like a Don Knotts. I yeah. remember what was the movie where he was lost in the haunted house? You got me. That was Don Knotts, and the, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why the I'm ghost and Mister Chicken. That's right, the ghost and Mister Chicken. I knew you wouldn't let me do. I don't know why I knew that. Now, Aaron, Crystal Castles is notable for being one of the first games to use something called tritemic projection. Mm. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Tritemic projection. Just right. let it roll off the tongue. Yeah. Now you might be asking yourself, what would you call this game? What What would you call the perspective in this game? I would call this uh, isometric. Isometric, right? That's what I used to call it, too, until yeah. I learned. It. Oh. Okay. Rats. So, isometric projection is a little bit more high up. Tritemic yeah. projection, the camera is a little bit further down. So, you're getting a little bit more of the side-on view versus the bird's eye view of isometric yeah. projection. Okay. Okay. Neat. Never, never let it be said you don't learn something yeah. on the Atari ST show. So, Crystal Castles. At the beginning of each level, you're presented with a 3D rendered castle. Yeah. Okay. And this, again, calling this a castle is a bit of a stretch. It's more like a uh, like a cliffside that a has paths going up sort. and down. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, sometimes it's more. It's clearly carved. Right. It's carved. You know? That's true. That's true. So, so it's so. it's more like a it's more like a monument or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's something that you might go up and down, kind of like the mound. Okay. Well. So except that's not carved. It's sort of carved. No, it's not. They piled bodies on it until it became a hill. That's a big difference from carved. What about the sidewalk? That that was added later. Well, you say that. 
Um, each castle is a level, and each level has a name that corresponds with the overall look of the level. So I think that that's cool. I'm always a big fan of when they name the levels clever things, you know? Yeah. Some of these are called, like, Avoid the Trees, which I guess isn't really that no, clever. No, it's not but, that good. Yeah. Now, you, and by which I mean Bentley Bear, is placed somewhere at the edge of the castle. And there are paths that are laid out uh, in the forecourt of the castle. So yeah. you don't Im immediately, on, on some of these levels, you don't immediately start going up and down the castle. You've got, like, a forecourt area, and it's in a maze-like pattern. Okay. And so uh, uh, you've got on top of the path, you've got all of these gems. Okay. And this is where the Pac-Man influence kind of comes into play. Oh, yeah. You immediately, you immediately know what you're supposed to do here. Yeah. You got to collect all the gems. When you collect all the gems, you move on to the next level. Yeah. Okay. So now, luckily, this ain't Pac-Man. Well, it's more like Pac-Mania, um, which I'm sure is where they got this idea from. Uh, you've got a jump button, um, but it's no, it's no weenie jump. You take flight, Aaron. When you, yeah, <laughs> when you when you jump, uh, you get hops. Yeah, it rules. Uh, there's also a bonus honey pot you can collect, and you get mega points if you get the honey pot. Uh, there's also the magic hat, which I mentioned earlier. If, if you manage to kill Bertilda by running into her when you wear it, three thousand points. Yeah, it's, it's a you you got it. You got to use that as much as you can if you want the big scores. Okay, now. Um, like I said, it's he, he looks dopey when he wears the hat. You've just got to get past it. But, I mean, he's a teddy bear. He looks kind of dopey as it is. So That's it kind of play, plays into it. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. It's okay. So when you've successfully collected all the gems, or if you collect some and the gem guardians get some, because there's also the gem eaters that will eat the gems, the level is over. Now, if you collect the last gem left on the level, you get a score bonus. But if one of the gem eaters gets it first, you don't get the bonus. Right. So you, you got to hate that. Yeah. 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 Um, now, the next thing that happens is one of my favorite sequences in the game, okay? You got Bentley and Bertilda, the, the protagonist and the antagonist of the game. When you defeat, when you beat a level, it's not like you just you, you go on to the next level. No. Both of them jump in tandem across the universe well, all to the of next Everything level. does. Like, the, everything in a whole board does Well, that. if you watch this, because we're getting ready to watch, you can see that the only Bertilda and Bentley Oh, you mean on. this part? Yeah, this part well, right listen, here. I've, got no, I've got no explanation. Okay. So, I think that I've never seen that in a video no. game before. I don't think that was something you really need to see. That's a weird thing. But. <laughs> so, and, and what happens is after they bound across the screen, a new castle is drawn before your eyes. Yeah. Just like world-class leaderboard. It's, it's, it's cool. Same, yeah, it's cool. It's That's cool. one of the best parts of the game, of both games. Exactly. They could have easily just frozen the screen when you collected the last gem, went to a black screen, and then popped out a new castle. They yeah. didn't do that, and it looks so much better. Yeah, it's so, cool. Can you think of any other arcade game where they draw the level in front of you like that? Uh, not quite like this. I mean, really, there aren't too many games like this in the arcade. I mean, what's the one that, the first one that comes to your mind when you look at this? What do you think of? The answer is, is Marble Madness. Marble Madness, okay? yeah. Because that's the answer. And so... That's that's another kind of what what was the name of that isometric? Yeah, Tritemic. That's another mm -hmm. one, I guess. That's Tritemic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, but what? So let's ponder this for a minute. Both these games are Tritemic. Both of them have three dimensional structures. Both of them use a trackball. Okay, so they're eerily similar, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, both of them were from Atari. Yeah, uh, ironically. So uh, now that's where the similarities end. <laughs> Well, I, I think, you know, Marvel Madness came out before Crystal Castles. Yes. 
And I think what they did was they were like, okay, we've got the trackball. We, yeah. we figured out how to make these 3D perspective uh, structures. Yeah. We need to have something with a face on it. Because Mr. Marvel Madness ain't selling no sheets. You don't think he's, no one's okay. going to buy Marvel Madness like lunchbox? Bed sheets, curtains, Do you none think of that Bentley stuff. Bear moved a lot of lunchboxes? I'm saying he moved more than Mr. Marvel Madness. Did. Well, here's the problem. No, let's just listen. Now, I think that was a great summarization. Have you, so you've never played this in the arcade? No. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into something okay. if I may. Sure. If get into it, man. So in the arcade, you got a trackball mm-hmm. on this game. All right. And so you move this trackball around like a like a madman. Okay, to get through these. Is levels. it is it very sensitive? I mean, are you making tiny motions or it's are you very, giving it it's the? It's very sensitive. Okay. So no, you're not going like why why you know it's yeah. not like that because I love games where you do that. That's not. I mean, me too. Yeah. Except when you get pinched. Yeah, that's not no good. good. So you have to, but I mean, the mouse or the trackball works pretty well. All right. Flash forward to the home releases of these. Okay. You've got to use a joystick. Now, they could have went two ways with the joystick. Uh, and th- on the ST version, uh, they went the wrong way. Now, I will say, and f- for uh, those that are interested, the ST version also supports the mouse, mm-hmm. which I used with better effect than I did the uh, joystick. That much said, it's not that much better. And really, even the arcade with the trackball, and this was one of the reasons this game wasn't a big, huge, popular game, the control was just not that good. Uh, well, even in the arcade with the full-size arcade trackball, the arcade control is not that good. So you can imagine the home releases are going to struggle. Right. And struggle they It did, seems but. to me that if you have a game where you have a trackball, you want to give yourself a pretty wide gameplay area where you can move around. In this game, Bentley only has one path that he can move, and it's just as wide as his character is. Yeah. So it's not like you can really use the trackball to go side to side. Like, I could see if they made these paths a little bit wider, and you could use the trackball to avoid the enemies, like swerve around them and stuff like that. But there's none of that here. Well, you're right. And you're right. But I think that by making the paths like one lane for a lot of times, it does keep you from going haywire. And this game's at its weakest when you've got a big bl- empty space to clear out. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a thin concept for a game. That's my problem with it. I mean, the controls are... I mean, and I'm... The ST versus this is dandy. Okay? I've got, it looked good. In fact, in some ways, it was the character was improved from the arcade. The secret stuff's in there. You can go in the back of the first level, jump a couple times, warp. The warps are there. That's mm-hmm. all good. Uh, they give you extra man. The sound is okay. It's not in the right home about, but it's okay. The, and the music, again, it's okay. But this is a thin concept for a game. Th- like, uh, uh, is- isometric Pac-Man doesn't get the job done. They can put a bunch of weird lore and stuff in here in these creatures. And the creatures are cool looking and they act cool. But it's not, I have never found this game fun. On any level. So what what do you think the big differences are? Because obviously, uh, this, uh, Twilight Zone missions in the chat that Mark Cerny created both this game yes. and Marvel Madness. He was a, he must have been a big fan of the control mythology behind the trackball. Right. So what is it about Marvel Madness that makes that a more fun game than Crystal Castles? Well, it's more it's way more original. That's one of the big elements of it. Like there's nothing like it. This is Pac-Man with with a weird maze, mm-hmm. but it's also like that game also had sort of sketchy control, but the control in that made more sense because you're a ball. Well, not just that, 
but also the fact that like your strokes were, you had more room to move around. And when you got it, the one thing the trackball, the element the trackball lends to a game is the ability to go fast or be very uh, particular on your movements. Okay. This game asked too much of the trackball and it still does. The, 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 the uh, Marble Man is even on the one lane spots and they were hard too, you'll mm-hmm. recall. But you could get enough touch in there to do it. Also, Marble Madness wasn't as enemy heavy as this, mm-hmm. you know. So you're always trying to move out of the way. It almost know? seems like the the main character and the enemies, everything is sized too big relative to the to the castle. You know what I mean? Well, you have to be able to see behind stuff. That's something else. You always there's there's a struggle that you didn't have in Marble Madness with the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've made it so you can go behind the castle or through doors mm-hmm. and stuff, and ultimately. And up and down elevators, where you find yourself doing it accidentally, often. You find yourself stuck often. And the way the bad guys work in this, it's tried and true. Like, they just sort of hone in on you. Mm -hmm. If you go in the corner, the bad guys will all slowly start to make their way over to you. Just like, you know, it's a traditional thing. And it's not good. That sort of gameplay. I think random would even be better. Maybe less enemies. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I just think this game was a lost cause. I never liked it in the arcade. I like the cabinet. I like the marquee. I like the logo. I like put a lot of thought into it. But the actual, and the bear, the honey, that's all great. But the gameplay, I never liked. What did, what did you think of the gameplay? I didn't hate this as much as you did. Uh, I found myself playing it quite a bit over, over this past month. Uh, I played it with the joystick. I couldn't get on with the mouse controls. And I think that this game might have even done better in the arcade with joystick controls. Just because if you put an eight-way stick in this, you get all the same directional movement. And you get a little bit more precision. Because with the sometimes with the trackball, you'll hit it and it won't go the right way. You know, uh, I didn't have trouble controlling Bentley. Uh, you know, the game moves very fast. I thought it moved too fast. Yes, uh, and and that's 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 the fault of the game. You didn't game. have any trouble moving the bear. No, you never got caught on stuff. Went where you didn't want to go. Well, well I, I mean, I gotta I watch mean, you play this sometimes. Every, I mean, it's not like I mean that happens with every game. When I play Pac Man, sometimes I go where I don't want to go. I mean, you know what? You know what I think the ideal joystick setup for this would be. What's that? And you're gonna think you're out of your mind. Four way Cubert controls. I'm, t- yeah, I'm talking sure. on the diagonal. Four-way stick, mm-hmm. hard set, where you can only go those four directions, and then you play this game like a sort of like a you know those lane changing speed games where mm-hmm. you, have, you play it mm-hmm. sort of like that. You're yeah. really jerk that way. You can't actually because the trackball doesn't cut it, mm-hmm. and I, and I think an eight-way stick you don't really need eight directions. You need just four directions. I would have tilted it slightly more to line it up with a four-way joystick like Hubert's got, mm-hmm. and I think that would be the way to go. But even you've got to admit, even at that point, the 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 gameplay is sort of, you know, it's not anything to write home. No, about. I mean this is this is this the game definitely doesn't introduce much new to the table in terms of gameplay, but it did introduce some things that were new. One is like you mentioned before, this was one of the first games to include warp zones. You know, yeah. secret places where you could jump off the level and go to a different level. That's yeah. pretty cool. You know? It's easy to find them accidentally. Right. Instantly. Right. Instantly. Um, the music in this game, like you said, is pretty good there. All this stuff was drawn from it's the old, okay. from the classical repertoire. Yeah. Uh, when you first start the game, the bonus life music, they're both by, they're both from a piece called the Mephisto Waltz by yeah. Franz Liszt. Okay. Uh, the last gym bonus music is from one of the scenes in the Nutcracker Suite. 
And the triumphant theme when you complete level 10 is, of course, from the 1812 Overture. Yeah. Again, from Tchaikovsky. Um, I would not know. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> here's the thing, Aaron. This is also one of the first games that actually has a real ending. You can complete this game. Oh, okay? yeah? Yeah. This game consists of nine levels of four castles each, okay, followed by a tenth final level, okay? Once you reach the end of that level, you get one of the first end screens in arcade music history. This doesn't loop around. It actually ends. Interesting. Okay? The screen goes black, and you get the following message. I give up. You win. You must be a video whiz. <laughs> That's it. You what? get that, okay? You get a time bonus and a lives bonus, which is added to your final score. And then guess what? If you want to keep paying, better break out another quarter, because it's time to go again. Yeah. I'm guessing not too many people reach the end of this game. I, well, the, that's the first time I've ever heard that, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing not. Even the brand, who's a real good hand with these, this is another one. We just, we've never had any luck yeah. playing it. Now, one thing that I extra liked about this game is the sound design. This game doesn't have anything to write home about in terms of in-game music, but yeah. uh, the teleporter effect is the enemies zoom in. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Uh, when you collect gems going up and down a hill, it, it modulates up and down depending on you know whether you're going up or down. And I like the noise. It's like... Right. That, yeah, that's, and that's, it's real, but it's always satisfying to get a big row of gems because it's so hard. Yeah, and this is <laughs> this is because of all that stuff. This is one of the the few games where I didn't I didn't miss the music. So yeah, I I think that you're onto something about you know making this Qbert style controls with a with a diagonally four way stick. I yeah. think that's that's probably a good idea. Um, There's a few things that I noticed that specifically about the ST version that aren't in the arcade. Okay, that are that bugged me. Uh, this game will start you directly beside an enemy, yes. so you can instantly yes. get killed. Yes. Uh, which and you can lose lives in this like they're going out of style, mm -hmm. and the game's over. And it, when the game ends, there is no ballyhoo. It just ends. Right. It's all over. It's game over. The, I will say the Atari version, like I said, it supports joystick or mouse, and it will ha it will let you support multiple joysticks. It, it, so it's one to two players. I like that. Uh, so it does give you some options, uh, but not that many. Mm. But I mean, listen, I, I you know, if you look at this compared to the arcade. I mean, it's a they, these games. It's funny how well they come home. Much like Marvel Madness, we've seen tons of great versions of that. And you think to yourself, man, this is going to be really tough. You know, and this is another one. It seems like it'd be real difficult to to, to bring home. Mm -hmm. But like, it, it's actually not bad. This is this is just, it's another just like Super Sprint. This was an I. This was uh, you know, if you were an Atari ST owner, yeah, in the mid '80s. You were on cloud nine. Yeah. Because there was nothing that could touch stuff like this graphically on any other system. I will say, we're looking at a comparison between the C64 version of this. And even the C64, you got to give them credit. It's a pretty, they yeah. did a pretty good job. Yeah, same with the Atari 8-bit port. They do a good job of, of rendering that isometric viewpoint. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you know that this game was originally supposed to be a variation on Asteroids? I did not know that. No. Yeah. The title of the original game was called Topperoids, and in place of Bentley Bear, get this, it featured a one-legged robot, and you were traversing this 3D maze lined with asteroids, and instead of collecting them in the grand asteroids tradition, you had to shoot them. That is bizarre. Okay. Now, when they decided that that wasn't such a great idea, they settled on making a bear, but his name wasn't originally Bentley. He was originally named Braveheart Bear in the released prototypes, but apparently Atari ran into trouble with that name from some Native American groups, mm. and uh, they had to change it. 
So, yeah. Um, Bentley's better. Bentley is Braveheart better. Braveheart doesn't fit here. No, no, no. no. Um, a couple things that are different that I noticed about this version in the ST port. Uh, when you die, each time you die in the arcade version, Bentley says something else. Like, he says, ouch, one time. He says, bye. Sometimes he even curses when he dies. In this, style. Yeah, yeah, in this game, he, uh, he just says, bye, every yeah. time you die. So... That's that's he does look a lot better. Yeah, it's nice that they improved it somewhat. Yeah, now this game, as you as you just showed the the C sixty four version, this game was ported to virtually every popular eight bit micro. Um, Although interestingly, the Atari eight bit version was delayed. It wasn't shipped until the release of the XEGS, which was in nineteen eighty eight. So this game was getting really long in the tooth by the time that that came out. Yeah. Uh, The ST port, however, was the only 16-bit computer port. So no Archimedes port, no no Amiga port. How do you figure this did? I think with this being released just a year after the launch of the Atari ST, people were probably clamoring for for good arcade ports. I think this probably sold pretty well. I always wonder how well... I, I was always baffled that this got ported so much. And I know it was on the base of the graphics... Uh, you know, I, I think, remember Tower Top, where I think mm-hmm. it's a similar thing. It's like, nebulous. these games look great, like on the back of a box. And you get mm-hmm. it home, and you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of fun. Yeah, well, I mean, this would, at least with this game, other, you know, rather than Tower Top, you could at least try this out in an arcade and see if it was your bag or not. Yeah, and that's so, true. Now, uh, you might be thinking to yourself, Aaron, Bentley Bear, what a charismatic hero. Yeah, okay. You're nope. not thinking that? No? Okay, well, well. You might be thinking, after gathering all of this acclaim on Crystal Castles, why didn't Atari start sticking him in everything? Why wasn't he in more games? Well, Aaron, it turns out that he was in a ton more games, and they're all for the Atari ST. And there are now. Stop me. I'm going to guess, but it seems like I read somewhere that or, or, doesn't he start some educational stuff? Bentley Bear's General Store. Yeah. Bentley Bear's Typing Tutor. Bentley Bears Magical Math. Yeah, yeah, and there you go. There's like 13 of these games, okay? So if we ever have an edutainment category on the ST show, we're going to be set for days. You wonder, I wonder if they had that in mind when they ported this, and they that's why they made them look so much cuter. Maybe so, maybe so. Um, now, you might be thinking that an arcade port this good must have reviewed pretty well in the magazines, and you'd be right. Um, computer and video games gave this a 10 out of 10. Uh, the Games Machine gave this an 81. Uh, only ST Action in August of 1988 gave this a 54 out of 100. Wow. And by that time, the, the game was two years old. So I'm guessing this oh. is one of those re-release reviews. We see this all the time. Yeah, I hate Amiga. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's time to jump over to Discord, Aaron, and see if we got some Discord reviews on Crystal Castles. And of course, we did. We're going to start things off with Pajaco, 6502. He says, at a casual glance, you'd easily think you were playing the arcade game, but it all comes apart when you start playing. Ooh, early <laughs> oh, burial. burial. Crystal Castles is fast-paced in the arcade, but the ST version is too fast, requiring small taps rather than prolonged joystick movements, and I often zipped across the screen and smashed into an enemy. I found the controls fiddly and imprecise, and in some levels you really need that precision. The jump is too much, causing more issues than it solves, so I didn't use it that much. Bentley is missing his iconic boots, and the red hat is yellow for some reason. Yep. Graphics and audio are really good despite this, so it's a shame I didn't get on with this version. If they'd improved the controls, this could have been a really solid port. I played for about an hour, but sadly gave up in frustration. With many versions easily available, this would not be a go-to for me. Five out of ten. 
So not not a good review from Pajaka. Good review, not a good score. <laughs> Salem OK writes, I have never heard of this ST port of Crystal Castles. Hmm. Well, until recently, I had never actually heard of Crystal Castles, period. I can understand it. So I went to this game with a completely fresh look. I really liked the concept. It was pretty clever, like a mix of Pac-Man, Cubert, and Marble Madness, plus the ability to jump, which I had never seen until Pac-Mania. The level design is very interesting, and it's fun to discover the intricate mazes that work your way around them. However, the controls are really letting this game down. They are too fiddly and precise, and the bear is moving too fast to make it fair enough to be good fun. As an early ST game in 1986, though, I'm sure I would have played it to death if I'd owned it because nothing similar was around. I can't compare with the arcade or other ports, but as an early ST game, graphics are pretty good. The sound is pretty basic and early 8-bit era sounding. I know the ST yes. is not that great with sound, but it's possible to get more out of it than what's showcased here even in 1986. 6 out of 10, and not a 5 out of 10 because it was an early game. If this was published in 1989 or 1990, this would have deserved a much worse rating. Mm. And finally, Sanction writes in, and he says, Crystal Castles is one of the games I thought never really worked that well on a microcomputer because of the requirement of a trackball to get the best gameplay experience. 16-bit versions can make use of the mouse, and Marble Madness on the Amiga and ST versions have great implementation of the control method using a mouse. However, in my humble opinion, the mouse implementation on Crystal Castles is the dirt worst. Mm. Maybe it was because I was using an original ST mouse that yeah. might be a, be a, be a bit clunky these days. Bingo! That's, that's what's wrong. <laughs> but I just could not get around the control to work to move the bear accurately enough to avoid crashing into baddies. The acceleration rate of bear seems to go from <laughs> 0 to 100 in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Therefore, he whizzes headlong into a baddie, <laughs> causes too, causing too many cheap deaths. Yes. That said, for an early in the development cycle for the ST, the actual look of the game is great in comparison to the arcade, and the music is okay, again, considering it's an early game. I do think that overall it's lacking in the essence of what made Crystal Castle somewhat unique at the time with the implementation of the trackball controller. While I know you can get an Atari trackball, and this may improve the game control somewhat, very few were actually going to have access to this. So for me, this lets the game down 5 out of 10 gems. Hmm. I've got an Atari trackball. It just occurred to me. Maybe we can. Yeah. The thing is, if they're not, if the game isn't made for a trackball, yeah. it's not like the trackball is going to be a miracle. That's worker, true. You know? That's true. Uh, we do have some corrections from the chat. Uh, apparently, this game did come out before Marvel Madness. So this was '83. Marvel Madness was '84. So thank you to HSEI Ken for that. And Twilight Zoner says that he, uh, Mark Cerny, did not design this game mm. on, on second thought. So just some errata there. Now, Aaron. Uh, I did look this up on eBay. I found one copy that recently sold in Australia for $23 complete. So not bad, but that's it. Uh, I'd love to have some feedback from our listeners if they own this one. You, it's Sometimes it's hard to get an idea of how many of these games are out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with the, I mean, we're, in, we're past looking glass. On right, this one. right. I, I will say for all the listeners and the, and the people that wrote in on Discord, one thing, if you haven't played in the arcade, uh, really... I, and I think the Atari ST version sort of took more flight than it needed to on the control because this this is just a fiddly controlling game. And so, I mean, if you want it to be like the arcade, it's the way it was. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just... And so I wasn't at all surprised when I picked up the stick and the mouse and I had trouble because the arcade version is very similar. Yeah, yeah. Now, Aaron... It's time to bid a fond farewell to Crystal Castles. Uh, listeners, we want to hear your feedback. Please leave us a comment on YouTube. Feel free to leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. 
Uh, we do release the show in both audio podcast and video format on YouTube, and we record live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. So if you want to watch us live, feel free to follow us. Uh, if you support our show, if you want to support us, visit patreon.com slash Atari ST show. Uh, we do have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Atari ST show will go from a monthly show to a weekly show, oh, man. which would be super awesome. And that leads us, Aaron, to our ST supporter roll call. Oh, okay, go, man. So thanks to all these fine folks for supporting the Atari ST show. Of course, we talk about Dave Velociraptor, Twilight Zoner, Olivier Massou, uh, Control-Alt-Reese, Tim Drew, Retro-Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Yeah, man. Uh, if you like our format, you want to hear more of us talking about old video games, feel free to check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga, Iris Sinclair, uh, an American take on the ZX Spectrum, The Coco Show, which is all about gaming on the Tandy Color Computer, and ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All of those links are included in the show notes. Now, Aaron... Next, coming up next, let's see what we got. And then here we go. Oh my. Sundog Frozen Legacy. Even I've heard of this one. Yeah. This is a big one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's time to get on it. If you support the show and you're a member of our Discord community, play it up, write us a review. We will read it uh, next time on the air. Aaron, I can't wait to play some Sundog. Yeah. And thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you play your Atari today.